Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, don't change metrics. Here we go. Welcome everybody. Mike and I are actually in the same room recording this. Amazing. We are in a conference room at some hotel near Washington, D.C. And this is only our second time that we've ever recorded a podcast live. There are a bunch of people in the room with us. Please say hello. Okay, a lot of managers, particularly ones that are new to a team of directs, they see metrics as a way of getting different, I'd hope better results, right? And totally. It works. Stupid, but true. And it worked. But it was, sometimes it works. Yeah. But we were talking about this. Sometimes one. as in rarely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, well, sometimes, right? It's marginally never, but it's technically sometimes too. Yeah. So what does an effective manager do then? Yeah. Well, metrics? look. The, the, okay. So here's the basic outline of the cast. First of all, what most managers don't realize is that they're so unconnected to what their results actually should be that they become focused on the metrics, whatever measures they use, and they manage to the metrics. But metrics are what are called proxies. In other words, they're things that are designed to help us understand what our outcomes will be, but they're not the actual outcomes. Sales managers, for instance, measure things like how many calls you make. But you don't make any more money based on how many calls you make. You make make money based on how much money you bring in, right? So metrics are proxies. A big reason why a lot of managers change metrics is because every metric has a hater. There's somebody on your team who will tell you, the reason we're getting the wrong results is because we're measuring the wrong stuff. Haters. Uh, that hate guy's, yeah, I, I hate him. I totally hate him. Um, and you shouldn't hate. You know, you really shouldn't be Don't a be hater. hater. Don't be a hater. Um, the other problem with changing your metrics is it eliminates trends. Maybe you don't like the metric you had before, but the moment you get rid of it, the moment you change it, all that trend data is gone. And there are people who say, oh, no, the trend is the same for that. No. You measure different stuff, you got different trends, you won't have good historical data. So if you have a bad trend, just change the metrics and you're good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. And that's what people do. We see that all the time, right? I'm joking. Yeah. Um, Oh, look, I've got so many sociological examples from from governmental stuff where, oh, we measure something different now. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I see. Yeah, last quarter was bad. You didn't like the results you're getting from the old metrics, so we're going to choose different metrics. There you go. Bad quarter. What happens when you change metrics, dude, is people change their behavior around the proxy, around the metric. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get better outcomes, which are the reason why we have metrics is to produce the right outcomes. And the last thing is it takes time and energy, and you probably don't have time and energy to do something that you're not certain will get you what you want. Right. So the general rule is don't change your metrics. There are rare cases. You know, we tell people, we just told this group here today, that our guidance is for 90% of the people 90% of the time. So in 20% of the cases, there might be a situation where changing metric is good. It's definitely not good right in the beginning. And probably if you've been a manager, changing a metric in less than six months is just a bad idea. You probably don't know enough to make that change. We're not saying never. I almost titled this never and I realized, no, I can't say that because there are times where you would change metrics. But if you're new or if you're thinking, well, I think I ought to change a metric, Please remember, we told you don't, wait a little bit, gather your data, and we'll do another cast where we talk about right. if you're going to change, how you change it. Right. Okay, so let's talk about the, the fact that metrics are proxies, right? For, you use yeah. the example of it in a sales organization. It, it's probably a good thing to, yeah. given all things being equal, it's better to probably make more calls than yeah, less calls. Sure. But if you make tons of calls and don't sell anything, that's yeah. obviously not a good the thing. Fundamental, the reason this podcast came about is because years ago I was talking to a group. I said, okay, you got these metrics, but they're really just proxies. And like three people in the room, these were like VPs, all said, what's a proxy? 
Yeah. I'm like, are you smoking crack? What are, you, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, these are our metrics and we, measure, we, we manage the metrics. No, you manage the outcome you want. The metrics should be leading indicators of what you're looking for. These are only proxies. Right. And you they understand organizations, right? Where, right. Where they have five measures or five, five metrics yeah. and they're nailing every single one of them. Yeah, which and is bad. That's always a bad sign because good metrics imply that there's natural tension between a couple of them. Because mm -hmm. if you can nail all five of them, you're probably measuring some of the wrong That's stuff. Right. Right. And the organization is going to hell in a handbag. And they right? wonder why. Look, all the metrics are good. The metrics are good. Yeah. If the <laughs> metrics are good and you're going to hell in a handbasket, then your metrics aren't good. Or you have the wrong metrics. The wrong metrics. Right. right. The first problem with changing them, though, is that metrics aren't what your team does. Metrics are an attempt to measure something that isn't actually the final output of your team. They're measurements of things that are believed to be helpful, useful porting toward, indicative of, leading to the results you're accountable for. That's why we say metrics are essentially what are known as proxies. Right. If you have a model in your head, right, that right. says, here's my inputs, if I, if I right. achieve if these, I do measures, these things, I predict that I'm going to get my final right. result. Exactly, yeah. They're not the actual thing we want, but generally they're, they're something that we believe more of, whatever it is. It could be calls, it could be higher quality, it could be lower, lower uh, 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 defects or whatever. We believe that more of that or less of that if we're measuring the opposite right. of it, is aligned with more of what we ultimately want. But a lot of professionals don't get that. A lot of professionals think that what they do for the organization is meet their metrics. If I meet my metrics, I'm, I'm good. good. I gotta tell you, there are CEOs who've lost their job because they said, well, I did the three or four things you want. Yeah. And we don't measure market share, but you lost market share, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, that, yeah. that doesn't work. It wasn't my right? metric. Um, although usually, CEOs are smart enough to know I'm going to engage, and remember, there's an old saying about, you know you're an executive when you don't get a review anymore, and you tell that to managers and groups, and they're like, what? You say, well, the reason you don't get a review when you're an executive is they publish your review every quarter in the Wall Street Journal. That's right. Right? So, if you're an executive, your results, are you're smart enough, hopefully, experienced enough to know that all results, the things that really matter, are outside of the organization, which is what executives are supposed to be right. focused on. Well, that's, and, that's, and so proxies exist to help managers give the executives what they need to help the organization produce the results it needs. Yeah, but well, managers I, mistakenly believe that proxies are what they do, and they're not. And that's understandable. Executive, you would think the CEO, for example, would know enough about the business to be able to make that connection. But some of those things roll downhill, right? And right. somebody at an individual contributor, for example, you can almost expect them to make some of these mistakes because yeah. they don't have enough insight yeah. into the organization and the business to understand how those metrics tie into the results that the yeah. organization delivers. And, and the average manager struggles with how to tie what he or she does and their team does to the overall organization. And to be fair, if you're a frontline manager today in today's world, if you can't do that, I hate to say this, but it's really not your fault. You've got a boss and a boss's boss and a boss's boss's boss who have done a crap job of connecting you to the mission of the organization. Not if they're managed tools listeners. Yeah, you know, one hopes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Think of it this way. Suppose you measure three or four or five things that you believe are helpful metrics towards delivering whatever results you want to achieve. And most of your team delivers great results. Whatever your team is responsible for, right? The results you're responsible for but they don't meet any of the metrics that you've been using. Fire them. That's the whole point. Everybody knows you wouldn't fire exactly. dudes who get the results you want, even if they're not meeting the metrics. If you're smart, the answer is no. On the other hand, if your team is meeting the metrics, but fails to deliver results, would you be able to keep the team? Probably not. 
you'd probably say, I'm gonna have to ask you to change your behavior, and I'm probably incentivizing the wrong behavior by suggesting these are the metrics you should be shooting for. So look, some examples are good. Uh, uh, my goal every single cast is to include a quote from Moneyball in the quote. We're talking about in the cast. Talk about the Dodgers. It's one of those, yeah, the they Dodgers. were good. Yeah, not it's, the Giants, but the Dodgers, yeah. It's one of our metrics. How many times yeah. do you just talk about right. baseball in the Dodgers? So even if you don't know baseball, one of the best examples of metrics is the speech from Moneyball where the kid, um, Pete, in the movie, um, talks to Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt, and he says, people who run ball clubs, they think in terms of buying players. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. Think about that for a minute. What they want is wins, but they're buying players. That's a proxy. Teams use in order to get to wins is players. Pete's suggesting in the movie that there's a, a better proxy than players, and that's runs. Meaning, you have to know how many runs a player produces. And when Moneyball first started, there weren't good analytics to really truly connect what a player did on the field, defensively reducing runs and offensively increasing runs. An example is for years, if you followed, and by the way, folks, if you, you can't see me if you're listening, but I'm gesturing to the audience. If you followed baseball, you know that in the 60s and 70s and 80s, the, the, the single biggest statistic for a hitter was their batting average, which is how many hits they got, how many times they got on base with a hit over the number of times they were at bat, not counting walks. But one of the things Moneyball discovered is if you walk a lot, a walk is as good as a hit there you go. because you're on base. And what you need to count is not batting average, but batting average plus on base average or put the on base average. And it could be even better because the, the, the pitcher's throwing a lot of pitches. Exactly. They wore the pitches down. So, so if you go even further, when they're buying those players, what they're using to measure them is batting average or slugging average or another proxy, WAR, which is wins above replacement, or on-base percentage or even OPS, which is on-base percentage plus slugging. Okay, okay. Yeah. wake up, everybody. Okay, we yeah, sorry, <laughs> I got really, really geeky there for a second. But the idea there is those are all legitimate proxies that different teams use. They all look at all of them, but some team says it's all about OPS. Some other teams say it's all about war. And there's no rule that says one is necessarily better than the other. And you hope to choose the right one, a metric that'll help you choose well so you'll get more runs. That's right. Same thing is true with managers. Think about a sales team for a second. Ultimately, what a t sales team is responsible for is sales, actual dollars paid to the company. But sales are a result, they're an outcome. Sales are outside of the organization. If the sales manager waits to only measure the results that happen, in other words, orders that are filled, it's too late to change behaviors to get different results, at least in the period we're talking about. Actual sales are sort of what amounts to a lagging indicator. They're actually not an indicator at all, but they tend to happen last so they don't give you the chance to predict the future. If somebody doesn't make any sales in a quarter, you know that their past was bad, but there's nothing we can do about the past, okay? When we create metrics or proxies, we're actually looking for leading indicators, things that will give us advance notice of potential problems so a manager can intervene. Do something about it. Things that will help the manager get us the ultimate output, the ultimate results we want. Things that will let us intervene to change behaviors before we're stuck with an output we don't want. Think about a team of QA specialists. What they're ultimately shooting for 
is code that works, that doesn't break, that doesn't fail, that doesn't bring down the server, that doesn't bring down OSIS, that doesn't bring down the system that it works within, right? Or never mind. Like yeah, never mind. Thing. Don't even go there, <laughs> even okay? Go there. You want code that works without flaw. But that's not the only thing we measure, right? Our metrics are probably time relative to the project, the number of defects, the number of tests we run, and so on. None of those metrics is what the actual output is. Actual output is code that doesn't break, code that runs without creating failures. But as a general rule, most folks would say, yes, if you have more tests run, fewer defects, less time or more time relative to the project, depending upon how you're going to measure it, those are good indicators, good precursors to, good proxies for the ultimate right. result. They're good predictors exactly. of future performance. Exactly. Right? And so what managers forget is they create a bunch of predictors, and then they manage to the predictors. And they forget that those predictors are not inextricably linked to the actual results they're paid for. And they wonder why they're not getting the results they want when their metrics look okay. And it's because the metrics are only proxies. They're not right. the actual results. There you go. So. So every metric has a hater. Why, yeah, I, I, dude. I, that's, that surprised me. Why is One that? of the things that happens when you're new to a team or thinking about making some changes, particularly if you're fairly new, is somebody points out that one of your metrics isn't a good one. They don't like it. They may mean well, but essentially what they're telling you, if you change what you measure, you'll get different and better and better results. I was recently, I won't say where, but some of you who work with me know, uh, I was working with an inside sales, team, inside sales team where the metric that they used was call time. How much time do you spend on the phone? And they had bought a phone system in order to track if you're on the phone, whether or not your phone not the is number off. Calls, the amount of time yeah, you spend on the phone. Yeah, the amount of time you spend on the phone. Okay. It was set by the CEO and the CEO is really smart and she had a good sense that that wasn't a good indicator for her, right? More time on the phone, more sales. It's not a bad proxy, it's not a bad metric. The sales manager though said, I've always measured contacts, meaning did you in fact contact a person who has budget to buy from us? He said, why do I want to have everyone on the phone a lot when it would be better to focus on whether or not they spoke to someone who could buy? It's possible that somebody could spend a lot of time on the phone and actually not be doing anything that delivers results, right? And then this manager, this female sales manager said, her top performer had lots of contacts, but had low total call time. And, and, and so therefore that proves that the metric of total call time is bad because her top performer got good results, but in fact had right. a bad metric or a low score against the metric or the proxy of call time. Yeah. And then she also said something that really ticked me off. She said, that's the way I've always done it. In other words, that's the way you learned how to do it. You're not open to a different metric. Let's agree, either one, they're not perfect. Right. They're inherently false. And if all you're doing is manage to one or the other, you may in fact get what you want in the metric and not get the output that you want. And there's a right? bunch of assumptions in each one of them, right? Yeah. If you say, Call time. You want you're going to measure the amount of time people are on the phone. Well, yeah. CEO could be thinking, well, that's a measure of it's the a quality good of the conversation, right? Yeah. Right. And the idea that Maybe. there's a the idea that there's a perfect proxy out there is ludicrous. It's yeah. just not it's true. Happen. Depends on the organization. And the fact is, neither one of them is right. Both metrics, both proxies, are reasonable. What we want is sales. Measure this, measure that. It doesn't matter. But if it doesn't matter, why would you go through the time and energy, which we'll talk about in a minute, of changing things? So, 
the moment you choose a me metric or a proxy, there's going to be some data available to somebody to justify why the other one that you didn't pick or one of many is valid. It is. The other one is valid. It's not invalid, but you've had to choose. That's what executives and managers do. We choose. And you're not choosing the only right answer. You're choosing one of many that has inherent assumptions associated with it. Somebody comes and makes a case for a new metric, so you change it, <laughs> somebody else comes yeah. later on and tells yeah, you why dude, that's wrong. Right? It's You're totally, doing... it's man-boy-donkey, right? Yeah, we're taking the donkey to the to the market and the boy's on the donkey. Well, why are you having some passerby that you shouldn't have the boy ride on the donkey? The boy's young, he can walk. Put the man on the donkey, and then you got the man on the donkey, and they say, that man is old, he's, he's heavy set, he's gonna tire that donkey out, you won't sell the donkey for as much money. So the man gets off the donkey, and the donkey's walking by itself. And they say, you should carry the donkey, that would be better. So they carry the donkey over the bridge, and the donkey falls over the bridge and into the water, and dies. You cannot please everybody. And some managers think, well, if we're not getting the results we want, we should change our metrics. What you'll get is different behavior, but you may not get behavior that delivers the results you want. Yeah. So now your third point is that changing the metrics changes. You don't. You you lose trends, right? Yeah, and trends people, is what's people really miss powerful. this all the time. I I actually will keep a bad metric just so I can keep the trend data. And of course, one of the things, we haven't talked about it yet, but the next cast we're gonna do in this series Causality is whenever you do, whenever you change metrics, you keep the old one when you add the new one so you can compare the trend of the new and the old right. and see when they is disagree with one another. Is right. there a correlation or not? And of course, what you find in many, many cases is there is a correlation, which suggests that it wouldn't matter which which metric you use, but whatever. Are we going to do a podcast about how to set up we, we, spreadsheets we, we, so you can measure no, correlation? No, we're not, because I don't no. talk about spreadsheets. Oh, that'd be so awesome. I'll let you write that one, <laughs> right? So when you change metrics, you lose the data you've been gathering based on the old metric. If I, sh if I tell you your metric, the thing you were supposed to be measured against, not out ultimately output, because if we're not a sales team, ultimate output is hard to measure, but we're going we're gonna to give you a proxy and you're gonna, we're gonna measure it, and then we're gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna change the metric, but I'm gonna still hold you accountable for that old data while I give you a completely different thing I'm gonna measure you on, you're gonna be like, no you're not, that doesn't make any sense. Why are we still reporting on that when it, we don't collect it anymore, right. right? We don't do that. Any trend data you had, that I had on you, is gone. And everybody who wants an excuse for why their performance hasn't been great lately can point to the change in metrics and say, well, if it had been the old metric, I just got used to that one. Now you change the metric on me, I got to totally can't change my behavior. I can't hold me accountable for the fault. fact that my behavior changed. And I always love that. You can't hold me accountable for the fact that my behavior changed. I don't get that. So the new data you get as well won't have strong historical data. So if it doesn't do as well as you like, the people will say, well, it's new. We haven't learned how to adjust to that which is yeah. not necessarily yeah. what we wanted, but anyway. Yeah. And it screws up my spreadsheets, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've got pivot tables yeah. and all that stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, there's another solution, besides changing metrics, which is also bad, which is just to keep adding more metrics. And a lot of managers in this room have dealt with that, where, oh, we don't want to get rid of one, so we'll just add another one. And then we're five or six or seven or eight or nine or 10 of them. <laughs> and we change, we and change Druck, them all we have to Drucker right. says three is a circus, so 10 is ludicrous, right? Um, it, we went right to plan, exactly. So pretty soon is all you'll be doing is spending time measuring things. Which again, is a good excuse for not getting results. <laughs> yeah, th th there, there's a balance. It's different in every case for what's too much or too little. There's really no clear trend in our expense. It depends on how complex the business you're in. Some orgs have way too many. Some organizations have none. If you have no metrics, dudes, that's really, really bad. But the moment you stop a metric, 
you eliminate the trend that may in fact have been helpful, may have been diagnostic for you. Right. So. Now, what you measure is what gets, gets done. So yeah. changing a proxy, right, changes behavior around that proxy, yeah. right? When you measure something, you're going to get more of it. It's the greatest management in the world, a yep. great book that says the things that get measured are the things that get done. So when you change measures, you're going to change behavior. The problem with that is since your metric is likely not an organizational result, it's only a proxy, you'll get behavior that meets the metric and it increases the outcomes of the proxies, but proxy outcomes aren't organizational results and you might get different behaviors and get the same output. You've gone through all this time and energy to change things. You don't get any different output, but now people are behaving around different metrics. Why put everybody through the stress? Right. Um, you don't know, you never can know that changing a metric will by definition lead to the right outcomes. All you know for certain is when you change metrics, people will change their behavior to meet the metric, the proxy. Right. But, but if you, you did know, but if you did know, it would be a good thing, right? I think that's the... Yeah. The, yeah, it'd be good. But it's always a guess. You never know. You just can't know. It's like saying, oh, I totally know the future. Well, dude, put a big bet on something and make a billion dollars and quit working. You, you do, nobody knows the future. You just don't. All you can be sure of when you change proxies is you're going to get different behaviors. And in some cases, you're going to get those behaviors slowly because people are tied to the things that got them where they are. You're going to get different behaviors around the proxy right. that only pr suggest that the proxy may or may not be a thing that leads to better results. And usually you won't know for a while whether or not you get better results. So. Right. And you alluded to it. And that changing the, the changing the metric or changing the proxy takes time it takes energy yeah right? and it's a bit like doing a reorg it gives everyone the feeling of accomplishment but it may, <laughs> but it may not get you better results sometimes yes sometimes no it just depends um so, and it will definitely take time who has time for that ain't nobody got time for that it may be necessary and there are times when, we'll, again, we'll provide some guidance on when you feel you have to change, there's a right way to make the change, right. including overlapping metrics. But we've all got such limited time and resources, it's a bit of a crapshoot to change metrics and expect that results will follow. It's just not been my experience. There's going to be drama. There's going to be pushback. And you may get results, and you may not. But let's, if we're going to get drama and pushback, let's make sure we're doing something that's more likely to get results. In changing metrics, in my experience, in some cases works, but if you had, it, look, I got no data on this, but probably it works 15 to 20% of the time. Hmm. And it only works when you really change a big metric because of some fundamental insight and the old metric they had was bad. But most organizations that are reasonably successful don't have bad metrics. They just have a choice between a number of them. Right. And you change them and you get new data, but it doesn't really help you that right. much. And you still don't get the output you yeah. want. Particularly if you're new to an organization, you don't yeah, want, you have don't lots know. of history, you don't yeah. have a sense of... And you don't have any political capital to drive the change. That's yeah. why we have a podcast, say go, I don't know what the title of it is, but we basically say go slow, don't make changes. Whatever you do, don't believe your boss when he or she says you should totally make a well, lot of changes really fast. The 90 day rule, which is go slow, go slow, go slow. Sure. Keep your head down, don't make changes, build your political capital, develop your relationships, work on your relationships. And then after a while, Start paying attention to the input people have. If you come into an organization and say, oh, all the metrics are wrong, you better be really good. Or you better know a lot of really senior people. Because if you change a bunch of metrics, if you go through the drama, if you go through the high drama of, oh, we're going to change all the metrics around here, don't have results and it doesn't have results, mm -mm. man, all those people who are supposed to carry your water for the next couple of years, they ain't carrying your water. You ain't going to last. Yeah. Yeah. And they have more political capital than you, even if you have more power than they do. 
That's it. That's it. Simple. Yeah, so wrap up. Metrics are proxies. Every metric has a hater. If you change your metrics, you eliminate trends. You change the proxy behavior, but not necessarily the outputs, which could be good, but you don't know that yet. And predict the future is impossible. And it takes time and energy, and it may not be the time and energy you want to be spending on something. So when you think about changing metrics, the actionable part of this cast is don't. <laughs> Until you know that it's time. That's great. That's manageable. Just, it, just this don't remind, do it. This just always reminds it. me of, of, when I say stuff like that, it reminds me of that bit in Roadhouse where, where Patrick Swayze, rest in peace, where, where he's, he's the cooler and he's talking to the bouncers. Somebody told me the other day that Roadhouse is being remade. Oh, I didn't know. Which that. I can't imagine will ever be better than Patrick Swayze doing it. But anyway, in the movie, he, he says, um, the first rule of being a bouncer is be nice. Second rule of bouncers, be nice. The third rule of bouncers, be nice. And somebody says, when is it time not to be nice? And he says, when I tell you it's time not to be nice, right? Not until then. And when it comes to metrics, it's better to wait. It's better. To, if you think you're going to get some big bump, big improvement out of changing metrics, my experience, you don't. Now, I'm not saying it's not a good idea, but the vast majority of people who have gone before, the vast majority of managers who have tried, doesn't work. Just doesn't work. If things are bad, don't assuming that changing what you measure is going to get you what you want. Wrong metrics are almost never the cause of, they may be related to, but they're almost never the cause of poor performance. There are going to be unintended consequences if you change something. You're changing the rules, but you're not really changing what the team is responsible for. It worries people. It degrades results, at least in the short term. Wait a bit, take your time, gather more data. That's the answer. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. You bet. Anytime. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.